Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Big League Chicago. I'm Rick, here with Jack. And let's talk about the show today. So we got some Bears breakdown. Obviously, probably going to be a very depressing Bears breakdown. Got the Crosstown Convo after that, and then we're going to finish it up with four stars of the week. So let's start off with the Bears breakdown. I, If you guys are following on Crackwood Media on Instagram, you probably saw me absolutely <laughs> furious Sometimes a little bit happy in the first quarter, but absolutely furious on just a downhill spiral after that. Um, I, Jack, what what do you think of the game, man? That I just I want to get your opinion on it. It was tough. I, I had missed the good parts, which seemed to be the first drive of the game. <laughs> that um, was it. That was so it. I missed, didn't miss much. I, I missed that part. Um, I do think, you know, robbed of a touchdown, definitely yeah. uh, we'll get there. <clears throat> um, but in reality, they only ran 41 offensive plays. And that's what I think yeah. most teams averaged that in their first half of football throughout mm-hmm. week two. So uh, right off the bat, you know, I know that's not necessarily uh, an example of what Getsy's offense looks like quite at this point. I think that's more of an example of the talent. Um, and just the inability to kind of piece together first downs and, and plays that are um, hitting. And I think that mm-hmm. is what this game really showed is maybe Justin Fields isn't necessarily who he is, uh, at least who people think he's going to be. Because I thought I thought this game showed a lot of weakness. I think he was missing throws. Um, he had one bad interception. Um and he he holds on to the ball the longest throughout the NFL. Yeah. Um, and he's got one of the most inaccurate throws. I think he's the third most inaccurate. Um, and, you know, none of he just I, I sat watching a video last night. Uh, mm. oh, it pissed me off so much. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what quarter it was. I think it was either the fourth or third. Um, they had sent three receivers, and he had someone way down the field. I think it was uh, St. Brown. Yeah. A good good, nice little 30, 40-yard gain, but instead he does the check down, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's just he's not seeing the progressions, he's not seeing all of his looks, I think he's worried, uh, this was post-interception, I believe, at this point, so I think he was being a little bit more conservative with the ball, but I just don't think we've seen the developments, at least this was a tough one that we want to see from Fields, Um, so uh, honestly, I don't blame Getze on this one, I think this was really a game where Fields struggled. The, the Packers came alive. They were angry after a, a tough loss to Minnesota. Um, and, you know, the, the Bears defense, they, they stood their ground for pretty much the first half of football. But yeah. once they kind of saw that, um, you know, the, the offense wasn't getting it together, it, would, it just, they got exhausted. And the Green Bay yeah. was able to take advantage of it. And that's kind Especially of where... Especially through the running game. Exactly, and that's kind of where I'm like torn between the two because, like, for one, like I feel like Getzy didn't call enough pass plays because they only passed the ball eleven fucking times, right? There's only eleven pass plays called, but also at the same time, I agree with what you said. Justin Fields held on to the ball for way too fucking long. His decision making has been pretty bad when he's in the pocket, and even like even as he was rolling out, he only completed seven passes for seventy yards. So, in in a sense, like. There were some some really sus calls by by Getzy, but also again, like Justin Fields has to let go of the ball. The line is obviously somewhat of a work in progress. They showed they, they were they were doing really well last game last week against the 49ers, 
and they did as much as they could against the Packers, whose defense is actually really, really good. Their secondary is probably top tier, but you know their their front seven are actually really good too. Um, but he just held on to the ball too damn long, and like part of it again ha- is is because he's holding on to the ball, but another part of it is is Getzey. I just don't know where I stand on that yet, but just seeing that last preseason game and the way they they you know he scored three touchdowns, I was expecting that type of offense. And it was tough. It was tough for him because, again, Green Bay secondary is really, really good. So maybe he wasn't seeing a lot of uh, good looks. Obviously, I think the play with uh, with St. Brown was, from what I read, it was he was supposed to do a curl route. And he, got his, he had his guy beat. And so I guess the signal between them is he just basically raises his hand up, right? Like, hey, I beat my guy. It's a go route. You know, hit me or whatever. But Fields may or may not have seen that. Like you said, he hit the check down to Montgomery. And, I mean, that was kind of it for for the passing game, you know. Um, so, yeah, I just, you know, maybe Fields isn't developing. A, and obviously, right, Getsy just got here in the offseason. They're still kind of, uh, I guess, like trying to mesh all the wide receivers, the, the quarterback, the offensive scheme, all that thing is trying to mesh. Um, it was just, you know. It was under the big bright lights of Sunday Night Football in Lambeau, and I think that's what happened is they struggled there. Um, but the running game, man, the running game went really, really well. Really the only thing that was working for the Bears, Montgomery, I think, rushed for like 100, and let me check this real quick. I don't want to get this wrong. He rushed for 132 yards. Uh, or I'm sorry, that was AJ or yeah Jones for the Packers. He rushed for 122 yards. Uh, Monty did for the Bears, and he was getting after it, man. He was, he was just getting people off of him, getting all you know as many yards as he could. Um, and then Khalil Herbert had a, had a couple of, of nice runs there. But would you like about? Do you like that uh, the running game? I mean, I like the running game. It's it's unfortunate he didn't get a touchdown, but I enjoyed the running game a lot. What do you think? <coughs> well, I think that you know. It, it, <laughs> Uh, Montgomery was a lot better than he was last week. I thought he was a bit of a ghost um, in last yeah. week's performance, at least as much as you could be with the weather and given the fact that you would have expected it to be a big, heavy run game given the monsoon. Um, but no, this <laughs> is a good bounce, at, bounce back week for Montgomery. I think just to close off on the touching uh, points of passing, I think Cole Komet and, and Darnell Mooney have maybe a combined four targets for like five yards on the season so yeah. far yeah. Um, and yes again one of those games a monsoon um, so it wasn't like he was throwing often and then obviously like you said they only threw 11 times on on Sunday night um, but no you have to you have to do like what you saw from Montgomery uh, Khalil Herbert I believe he break, broke a nice little 25 uh, yard run is what I want to mm-hmm. say it was Um and so, you know, it, there is positive. <laughs> then again, you look at the other side of the ball, the other side of the football, and freaking um, between Jones and Dylan, they had, you know, 190-something yeah. yards. 197. So uh, there's there's where you see the two stories of the game. You know, Rodgers, I didn't think he was great. You know, he, he, had, he did exactly what Rodgers yeah. would needed to do, which was 234 yeah. for two touchdowns. He got sacked three times on 23 pressures. Um, his QBR was 60, so it wasn't like he 
was great were phenomenal. And I didn't think, you know, once we got towards that third, fourth quarter and you saw, I think, Sammy Watkins and uh, uh, really rip off a, a nice gainer, I think as long as a 55-yarder. So, um, yeah, you know, then they kind of started to pile up the, the longer plays. But, you know, when, it, when you come to it, this team, it was it was a problem with Nagy and uh, the former regime. They don't rip off long plays. And, you know, with that being said, the longest being 30 yards to a pass to St. Brown. Um, otherwise, the running backs had the second and third longest plays of the game with a 28-yard run and a 27-yard run from Montgomery and Herbert. So uh, you got to see the deeper threats. You want to see bigger plays. Yes, we saw that in... Uh, versus San Francisco on the Pettis touchdown, a little bit of luck, a yep. little bit of um, skill kind of mm-hmm. applied there. But, um, you know, you want to see these things change. Yes, you know, and they, as they reiterated throughout the Sunday night football broadcast, also, quickly, <laughs> side note, Mike Tirico, uh, I could compare this Sunday night football to ESPN Monday night of like three years ago, maybe, or four years, whenever it was like awful. Four man oh, cast, yeah. four. Yeah. I, I honestly think you know I I am I hate I, I I love the guy I think he's great for the Olympics but uh-huh. I hate Mike Tirico when it comes to football uh, the guy drives me nuts <laughs> he's just it doesn't get it done uh, thankfully Chris Collinsworth seemed to have um, cleared his throat for for this week's yeah. game as he did he was able to speak but uh, I just wanted to quickly touch on and say that I don't think Sunday Night Football on NBC is quite what it was as now they've lost uh, you know Al Michaels to mm-hmm. um, Thursday Night Prime games so just wanted to reiterate that real quick um, I will say Colin but, hates the Bears or something like he just he loves Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. You oh, can tell through that broadcast, I think. The NFL loves Aaron Rodgers true, and the Packers. True. Like, how many, you know, the missed holding that they picked. They threw a flag. Yeah, yeah. They knew it was a holding. But no, you know, in their ear, someone said, oh, yeah, pick it up. It's Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Because, yeah. you know, whatever had to be the most clear holding penalty of the year um, ended up not being. <laughs> and uh, I think, you know, it, it's good enough time to mention. And this is the one play I will say, um, Iberflus and... Uh, Getsy really looked like shit. Was mm-hmm. the fourth down shotgun formation uh, oh, QB yeah. run? I you know I, I I understand the QB run, but why aren't we doing this under center? Like yep. what you know what is the reason to have a shotgun formation on fourth and goal when you know the ball game's on the line? You know it's a different 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 momentum if the Bears do score that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Instead, uh, you know they end up turning the ball over, and Green Bay's able to get out of their own. You know. First and ten, or first and ten at the two, yeah. uh, and they're able they're to able get, to get a the, they're you know, able to get a first area. down off that. Like, come on, yeah, yeah. I so, just, uh, yeah, I didn't understand the play calling there, and I know you don't either. It didn't make sense. No, that was probably the most infuriating infuriating call on the whole game. Was you you have a, a fourth and inches, you know, for for a touchdown, like you said, that could turn the tide. Really, it could it could bring some momentum to the Bears. It could possibly like just just bring on new play you know it just gives them a chance it makes it 20 i think at the time it was 24 17 if i'm not mistaken if they would have scored it would have been 24 17 instead of making it a fourth and inches you make it a fourth and four in the shotgun now i don't know what happened like obviously this is all game speed right but if Fields had gone to his right, I think off of Mustafer instead of going left into the pile, he probably would have gotten easily. 
but also like huge hole. Yeah, exactly. Huge hole. Exactly, it was huge. And and but again, game speed, you know, the vision, whatever. I just that was the one thing tough, that really pissed me off. I agree with that. Agree yeah, with that. yeah, it's tough, but also like again, it's it was the whole shotgun formation that really fucked us, and. Again, the the replay too. So I don't know if I don't want to say clearly it showed, but if you drew a line where the plane was, the ball broke the plane for the goal line. It did. It one hundred percent did. Chris Collinsworth and even Tariqa were like, "Yeah, it, it looks like a touchdown to us," you know. And even um, whoever the replay official guy is that they have, you know, they can call on for big plays like this or questionable right. plays. Like, yeah, it looked good, but you know, guys in New York did not fucking think so. They called it. You know, turnover on downs, and then that was it. That was the end of the game. That was the end of the game for me. And I'm sure, again, if you saw the story on the Crack One Media Instagram page, you could tell that that was the end of the game for me. But you know, like you said earlier, Aaron Rodgers didn't win this game. It was solely based on uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon who won this game. Um, but and that was this is the first game in a long time that Aaron Rodgers doesn't absolutely destroy us. He did he did get 230 yards, a couple touchdowns, but still, you know, it wasn't like fuck Aaron Rodgers. Here he goes again. It was definitely more run heavy, and again, I'm just pissed off, man. I don't know. If, well, know. you know, he knows if that yeah, 24-17 fourth quarter, at least two more possessions for both, or at least two more possessions in the game, one for each mm-hmm. side, at least. Uh, defense gets fired up. They've got a chance to, you know, that it, it, it changes the game completely. Uh, and then, yeah. of course, they don't get the touchdown. Green Bay kind of is able to seal the deal. And then Sunday night football just rips the <laughs> Chicago Bears. And I mean, bull, like, I had to turn it off. I'm not kidding. I, I turned it off, I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, at least a minute and a half, two minutes left, but like. It just was like all the records. They had to bring up the certificate mm-hmm. of ownership for fucking Rogers. Like yeah. I'm over it. I, it was painful. Um, this will lead to some other side stuff that we'll talk about in uh, four stars of the week. But uh, um, I'm over it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Stop putting the Bears and Packers on prime time. Just stop it. Doesn't just need to happen the, until the Bears or are good. just the just the Bears, man. They they've embarrassed themselves on prime time for the last. Three four years like consist on a consistent basis, and and it's just hey, embarrassing. Hey, it could to be, watch. could be Kirk Cousins though. So I, I think I think uh, <laughs> the guy's like two that's and true. ten on on Monday night games. Yeah, um, still early enough true. to judge Fields on that, but um, at least we're not Kirk Cousins because his Monday <laughs> nights, Sunday night performances, primetime performances yeah. are atrocious. They are, they are, and I mean he showed it again last night. Uh, against the Eagles, but I, I was another thing that gave me hope coming into this game too was Bears coaches when they first would play the Packers. I think at Lambeau were four and one. They had a winning record going into Lambeau in their first ever Bears Packers game. So I was like, oh okay, maybe this you know might might be what might do well. And then the Bears scored in the first quarter. Justin Fields ran it in for a touchdown. I was like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be a good game. You know the 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 streak of shitty um, primetime games is over. And it wasn't. It, it wasn't. It was another embarrassing loss by the by the Bears. And, I mean, the defense, you know, we, we didn't talk enough about the defense, but you did mention them. They did really well. Trevin Gibson did really well. He had two sacks. Robert Quinn had a sack. Uh, Smith, 
Brisker and I believe, let me double check here, uh, and Morrow, the other linebacker, all had double-digit tackles. And really the biggest weakness, and Rodgers really exposed this, was Kyler Gordon uh, on one end as a cornerback. He went at Kyler Gordon all fucking night because he didn't want any part of Jalen Johnson. He knows Jalen Johnson is the premier cornerback for the Bears, and Jalen Johnson, to his credit, is a top cornerback, I think. Um, but he went at Kyler Gordon. He's a rookie. I, I get, you know, it makes sense to go at Kyler Gordon. He did have to get a really good game last week. He's like, well, let's see how good of a game you're going to have this week. And even though with the inexperienced wide receiving core that the Packers have, he still was able to light him the fuck up, even with um, Sammy Watkins and some of the guys he has there, right? He was able to light Kyler Gordon up. So that was really the biggest weakness and really the only thing that the defense did uh, didn't do well this game because I mean when your when your offense goes three and out in less than a minute, yeah you're going to be tired and you're going to let up a lot of yards and as if they're taking six seven eight nine minute drives, you're going to be tired trying to sack Rodgers trying to stop AJ Dillon and fucking uh, Aaron Jones those monsters of human beings, it's going to tire you out and you're going to give up a lot of yardage and eventually scores so. The defense did what it could. They 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 had a lot of bright spots. Kyler Gordon was really the only one that wasn't great. And like I said, it's it's going to be tough when you have ten minute drives and you know end up in a score and your offense goes three and out in a minute. So the defense did this, well, but and this is nothing to bash Gordon, by the way. Yeah, you know, no, the not guy's at all. Twenty two years old. Um, mm-hmm. He's a rookie. The guy's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. He he recognized the yeah. weakness. He. He took advantage of the threat. I actually thought Kyler Gordon played a really good game last weekend, um, yeah. so it's unfortunate to see that it happened. But as you said, you know they really don't like targeting anyone on the side of, of Jalen Johnson. <laughs> you love, you gotta love the fact that that he is already respected that throughout mm-hmm. the league um, as he's one of the guys that's continuously, I believe, last year um, and throughout um, have been the guys that just aren't targeted because they respect him. He's, he's going to um, get a big so. payday one day. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I think it is unfortunate. Um, as as we said, though, you know, 230 yards through the air for Green Bay. Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. was really the only guy that um, lit up the passing numbers wise in terms of yards. Yep. But uh, I do think Alan Lazard came back with a touchdown as as he's returning. Mm-hmm. Interesting, a week enough NFC North as we move on. One and one. Everyone yeah, that's true. One and one. Did so, you, uh, it could be an interesting one. Did you catch a little bit of that Vikings game last night on Monday night? Unfortunately, I was uh, I was on the ice, um, mm. but uh, I think I caught the first few minutes, the first quarter maybe. I want to say, yeah. and, and the Eagles look good. I mean, I know Dude. they didn't look as great versus Detroit as they yes. didn't bury them. Yes, they won. Yes, but the Eagles look good. And the Eagles are amazing right now, and I'm just glad the Vikings lost. I love seeing them lose. Absolutely, and by a handful. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't even close. You know, I think three mm-hmm. three picks for Kirk Cousins. Uh, like we talked about, awful on primetime games. Uh, gotta <laughs> love it. I think Detroit, third best offense, I think in the uh, in the league. Gotta Dude, be kind of like, scared of that. They have like seventy points in the first two games yeah. scored. I'm like, what yep. the fuck? By the way, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Equinemius's brother. Got me huge points in fantasy this week. I think almost 40 points, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 40, yeah. He got me huge points this week. So so I just want to give a shout-out to him, even though he's you know our division rival. But Absolutely. Still, 
He, he got me. Oh, and stupid. Equinemius led us in receiving yards this week. So true. Um, last thing I'll kind of leave it off week. of. Last time, last thing I'll leave it off, at least for my side of the Bears talk. Got to see more from Fields. Would love mm-hmm. to see some more targets in Mooney's direction. This is kind of what happens when Allen mm-hmm. Robinson leaves. Darnell becomes that number one targeted uh, receiver, at least for defenses yeah. to cover. Um, and so that's what we're probably seeing here. And um, hopefully Darnell will be able to kind of build off that, uh, take that to his experience and, and learn ways to get past it. And um, I am starting to get a bit worried about Cole Komet. That I won't lie about. I, I do yeah. think uh, as each passing game is going by, uh, you're starting to see maybe this really isn't a guy that can cut it as a starting tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens in the Cole Komet situation. But I do think this is a result in terms of Mooney's targets of him being the number one uh, uh, receiver. And that's what the defenses are going to show. They're going to put their best corners against their number one receivers. So, Yeah, and I mean, the only tight end that, that actually caught a pass last uh, this this past game was Ryan Griffin. So that just speaks to Cole Komet's like, inability to either get open or be more involved in the offense because the fucker is not a, tie, is not a blocking tight end for sure. He is terrible at that um so he needs to get more involved and like you said mooney as well obviously going to be the number one is going to get the most coverage going to get the best cornerbacks on him um and to catch one you know to catch one ball for negative four yards and an entire four quarters of a game like that's just that's not right you know for for a guy who just last year had over a thousand yards receiving um so there's you know there's there's 15 (laughs) games left um hoping in those 15 games the offense starts to kind of blossom a little bit more. But, yeah, you're right, man. I mean, they, we need to see more from Fields. Um, and like I said, like it, it's still a, it's still a very uh, – it's still a very, um, I guess, I don't know. The, the offense is just like it needs to mesh a little bit better, and it's in that process. It's still year one. When, re, when you really think of it, it's year one of the rebuilding for the Bears. Um, so it's not the worst thing in the world to see them struggle like this and still put up, a, you know, some, some points and still get wins here and there. Um, but, you know, it, like you said, we just need to see more from Fields. The two, the two tar- the two biggest targets on the on the Bears, you know, Komet and Mooney need to step it up. And David Montgomery is just he's he's doing what he's been doing since he started football games with the Bears. He's dominating. Um, so yeah. Well, and as you, as your boy Collinsworth. Kept reiterating, they're spending I think a hundred and something million dollars <laughs> on this team this year. Yeah, um, they've got like nine of those guys aren't on the active roster. Those mm-hmm. are all coming off after this year. Um, so you got to love what they're doing. As as Chris Collinsworth said, you got to love what the Bears are doing. They think they're building it right, even though there was some question marks. But he does seem to respect um, That's what Poles and Eberflus are are going to be doing for this team and. He likes that the future is bright. We just got to make sure Fields is the one, like you said. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I, I don't like. I got to tell you, I really don't like that Houston blew the game to. Uh, I can't remember who they were playing that, this the week. The Broncos. Um, yeah, they blew the game. They were winning in the first yeah. half. I really don't like the fact that they lost that game. <laughs> um, I don't like the fact that they they uh, tied. They yeah, they tied the Colts. They tied the Colts. And that's, that's a tough team. I mean, I don't know if I'm just a complete seller on the Colts at this point with Matt Ryan leading uh, leading the charge, but yeah, uh, I don't know what to take of this <laughs> this Texans team. <laughs> so I, I'm interested to see where you're thinking this game goes. Uh, I think we both picked this probably as a win. It's the first mm-hmm. game of the two that they are a favorite. I believe they're two and a half point favorite for this game. Uh, oh, if are not they? Three. Nice. 
Okay. Yeah, two and a half favorited in Chicago. The return of Lovey. Um, I don't like yep. that either. Yep. I think there's some motivation <laughs> there, but we'll see if, if Lovey's for real. And um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm interested to see. I, I don't know. I don't know if I – after predicting that the Bears would uh, – would beat the Packers last week. I, I I don't know where to go on this one. I I was thinking the same thing, and I don't think Kyle would agree with you that you you didn't like that they blew the game <laughs> because he'd be like, no, fuck that. The Broncos should have won it. Um, but no, yeah, man, I don't know. Like the Colts, uh, just real quick, kind of going over the Texans' last couple games. The Colts, I'm complete sellers on the Colts. I thought they were going to dominate the Texans. I thought they were going to beat the uh, – who was it that they won against this week? I forget who. They're own two, so whatever. I'm done on the Colts. The Texans have put up a really good uh, defensive game against the Broncos, or maybe the Broncos are just offensively bad. But and and again, it's the whole Nathaniel Hackett. He's the new head coach. It's more offensive minded. Whatever. Maybe that's also going through like a process, just like the Bears. But I, like you said, they put they they did really well against the Broncos. Russ Wilson, all these guys. So I am, I don't know because they. You know they give up a lot of pass yards. Uh, just kind of looking at their their overall uh, like w- what they average the last two games, but it doesn't really matter if the beer if the Bears offense keeps stalling in the passing game like they have been. So that really doesn't matter. Mo- Montgomery Monty should have a really good game because they've given up I think a, a little over 130 uh, rushing yards as a defense for the Texans. So if they can ride Monty to to a win, then cool. Um, and like you said, it's kind of tough to predict it. Lovey's back. It's going to be an emotional game for him. Um, the Texans think they should have won both of those games. I mean, one was an overtime against the Colts, which whatever, it didn't matter. But this is going to be a tough one, and I'm, I'm honestly predicting a really low score for this one, You know, given the Bears' horrible, horrible showing in, in Sunday Night Football. Um, I, I am predicting the Bears' win, though. I'm giving them 14-10 to win. Uh, I think it's going to be very much relied on the defenses because Mills is all, even though he has way more yards and passing attempts than Fields does, you know, going against the secondary that the Bears have now is going to be not easy for him either, you know, and with the pass rush being as good as it has been, getting what, four or five sacks in the last two games, you know, I think he's going to be struggling too. So I think this is going to be a very old school type of NFL game where the defense is the 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 star of the show and the running game is probably going to be the other the secondary star of the show. So, I still have the Bears winning 14-10. What do you got? I think uh I I, I like a Bears win. I, I definitely got the Bears winning. I don't mm-hmm. know where I'm, I want to go quite on the scoreline. Um, looking at it, Rex Burkhead has been pretty much the rushing leader for this team besides uh, Damian Pierce. Um, yeah. So two decent-ish, you know, I think Damian Pierce is going to actually end up being, he's a rookie this year, um, he might end up being a pretty good running back in this league. Rex Burkhead, nothing special. O.J. Howard's the, the guy with their two touchdowns. Um, yeah. Receiving. Tight end, right? Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, Brandon Cooks is a good receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, if if the Bears can get to David Mills and uh, um, Davis, not David, sorry, Davis. Yeah, Davis. Davis <laughs> uh, if they can get to Davis and and cause some havoc, I have some hope in this team. Uh, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, last week, you know, far from uh, far from mm-hmm. encouraging. I, I mm-hmm. haven't watched enough of this Houston team to know enough about their defense. So we'll see if they have the talent to get at um, Fields and, and cause some issues, but. I'd love, I'd really love to see Fields not throw a pick in this game. That would be my yeah. number one goal. Uh, I'd like to see him protect the ball 
and I'd like to see him actually double his passing numbers of what he's got at this point because mm-hmm. his season numbers are basically at a below average one game. You know, I think yep. on the season he's uh, he's thrown uh, 191 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions on like 15 attempts or 28 attempts and 15 completions. So just hasn't thrown that's, the ball enough. That's ridiculous. That's, like I said, it's it's below average numbers for one game, and that's two yep. game stats. Yes, monsoon, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think uh, Bears win it. I don't have a score line for you this week, though. Which is surprising that you say that with the monsoon game because that's that's the game he threw his two touchdowns in. <laughs> so that's just like even more surprising. It makes no sense. It makes it makes zero absolutely sense. no sense. Uh, but yeah, let's let's hope they can get the dub against the Texans, man. Um, yeah, I you know would you say they're their favorites plus two and a half at home? Bears plus two and a half favorites. Definitely going to mm-hmm. keep a close eye on that line. Would love to see. Um, I can't say Velas Velas Jones Jr. I'd love to see him uh, be active mm-hmm. for his first game. Uh, yeah, see that speed in the lineup. See what he's able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, Byron Pringle was a little bit more active, I felt, in week one in the monsoon. Didn't really see much of him, at least first no. Bay. <laughs> seemed to be, like we've said, the same Brown show with Mooney and Co. So we'll see. They need to step it up. We want to see this offense come alive. Yeah. You know, I, like we've said, and I don't mean to bring this, it down on the season, but like we <laughs> talked about, they're barely spending $100 million on this roster. Mm-hmm. Every win's going to be a reward. Every win's going to be something that we can cherish. I think this is a very winnable game. Um, so if this is something that they they do drop, it's it's that much more frustrating. Uh, but like I said, and like we've said coming into this year, it's just the expectations are low. So um, yeah, we'll see. And one of the things I – just a couple of things I wanted to mention. One of the things I, I think I said before the season was, was uh, I predicted Fields to get more touchdowns and interceptions, unlike last year. So far he's 500. So, I mean, that's not looking good. But, again, 15 more games left. Uh, and like you said, they're spending $100 million on players that aren't on the team. They're going to have $100 million in, in this next offseason. Going back to Fields, he's going to have to prove that, yeah, like he is that guy because this next draft is very quarterback heavy. And the way Poles has been, you know, running the show, he doesn't give a shit. He will draft another quarterback if he has to, uh, if basically Justin Fields forces his hand to draft another quarterback. And that's how it's going to go. That is literally how it's going to go. So we will see, like you said, the rest of the season how it goes. But, uh, yeah, man, go Bears. Hopefully they take the win against the Texans. I've got something for you. All right, let's move on to Crosstown Convo. Um, I'll go first with the Cubs because, to be honest, ever since the Bears started playing football, I have not given a shit about the Cubs. And it's tough. It's tough to give a, give a shit about a team that's 62 and 85, more than 20 games under 500. Um, but, again, there's always some sparks during the week, I think, at least for the Cubs. You know, they swept the Mets, which I think it was something like there's like they made history by doing that because – they're the first team to ever sweep like a division leading uh, uh, World Series favorite that was under that was twenty games under five hundred. The first team to ever do that, which was I don't know, kind of cool, I guess. Um, so they swept the Mets. You know, game one was five two, game two was four to one, and game three was six to three. So that again, that was really cool. I, I 
you know, again, NL East leading Mets. Yep, clap it up, clap it up for the Cubs. <laughs> uh, good, good series there for the boys. Um, <clears throat> then they went on to take on the Rockies. They took game one, two, one before losing the next two in the series. And then they just got rocked by the Marlins 10 to three just yesterday. So, you know, it is what it is for the Cubs right now. Um, one of the, there was a bright spot though, in that game two against the Rockies, which I'll mention in my four stars of the week to kind of go into a little bit more. But other than that news from the Cubs, uh, Frank, the tank was DFA on Sunday, pretty much released, you know, it's, it's the end of an era, I guess you would say, and an end of a, of a, of a, I don't know, 80 game, 120 game, whatever it was he played for the Cubs, you know, he had great homers. He, he was the NL Rookie of the Month two months in a row last year. He had ridiculous numbers uh, the end of last year. And, you know, he got to start opening day for this season as a first baseman. And he had some back problems in spring training that I feel like translated into the season. Uh, got DFA or got sent down to A at one point, but then was immediately recalled for a game. Um, so he was struggling, definitely on the struggle bus this year. And, you know, he got DFA'd. It, it is what it is. Very nice guy from what I've seen in interviews with him. He's always really nice to fans. You know, people will be like, man, I'm on the fucking plane with Frank the Tank. And, you know, he'll take pictures. I'll do, do all this stuff. So he's a good guy. I think he'll get picked up by a team, probably in AAA for a little bit while, uh, a little while longer. And then maybe get back, sent back up to the to majors eventually. But we'll see. But other than that, Frank, thanks for... Thanks for those good couple months uh, on the team, and uh, we'll see you with another team, I'm sure. Um, Cubs were officially eliminated from the playoffs earlier this week, which was a surprise to me, as I saw as I thought they were eliminated by the All Star break. But I guess mathematically they <laughs> they were not until earlier this week. Just emotionally, they were, I think, to me. Um, but that's kind of it for Cubs for the cross line combo for the Cubs side. There really wasn't much. There's not really not much to talk about. Really, isn't. Um, I'm a huge Cubs fan, but even I know when to pull the plug on the season, and this is definitely the time to pull the plug on the season. Um, yeah, that's about it, man. We'll get to the four stars of the week, and, and Jack's eager to talk about the Sox next. <sighs> series of the week. Let it out. Let's go. Series of the series of, series of the year. Mm-hmm. Series of the, the regular season. Three games set. Those pesky fucks from <laughs> Cleveland have taken uh, taken the trip down ninety four or ninety, whatever the hell it is, mm-hmm. to uh, travel to Guaranteed Rate. They face Dylan Cease tonight, and I can't be happier about that. Got to come and take us three game set, four mm-hmm. games out of first place. Um, Cleveland sits at eighty and sixty seven. Soccer sitting at seventy six and seventy one. Finally, able to really hopefully get. Above the five games, above 500, and, and kind of remain in this race. Um, what I will tell you, biggest gut punch on the weekend of the last <laughs> kind of five days, four and a half yeah. in reality, is the fact that the Minnesota Twins lost four out of fucking five to the <laughs> Cleveland Guardians. And so that's where that I'm going to start my rant off today, <laughs> is that uh, the Minnesota Twins did nothing <clears throat> to help any of the teams in the AL Central. Uh, so thank you very much, Minnesota. Hang it up. Goodbye. I think we see you a few more times. Um, let us bully you, uh, you like you let Cleveland bully them. So uh, Minnesota sucks. That's one of my points. Unfortunate news, Michael Kopech, his season could be over as he was added to the aisle with shoulder inflammation. 
He does sit at 119 innings pitched this season as this is his first season in the rotation. That is the most in his career, uh, the most in a long time, especially since he had the Tommy John coming in uh, that first year when he pitched for the mm-hmm. White Sox, making that first appearance. And um, that's been about three years since he was really in the AAA system, uh, pitching consistently and consistent numbers. Tim Anderson has reached week six of his recovery. They did say four to six weeks originally. I believe he began baseball activities last week. It should be interesting to see as they monitor um, him if he will do an A, AAA stint. You would expect him, just given the fact that it's been a month and a half, that he would. you got to think with 15 games left in the season, that's got to be rapidado, and it's got to be real quick. And uh, We'll see what happens. If they have been allowing him to take batting practice, I would love to see Tim Anderson back in the field. I would love to see Tim Anderson in this team. I got to say, and I'll talk about it later in our four stars of the week, one guy is, has stepped up above the rest in this lineup. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully Tim Anderson can get back in this lineup and stay healthy. Hopefully Kopech season is not over. Um, within the last week, they took two out of three from Detroit and then split a two-game set in Chicago with the Rockies. Um kind of frustrating losses. I think the Sox got blown up in that one loss um, and that to the Detroit uh, to Detroit, and then they didn't play well versus Colorado. I think the offense was pretty f- silent in game two of that series versus Kyle Freeland. Um, so not great stuff there. But like I said, season's on the line. Cleveland comes to the town for three games. Cease on the Hill versus um, Savali. Lynn versus McKenzie tomorrow. Bieber versus Cueto Thursday. Alex and I are going to make it official um, at some point by the end of the day that the boys will be at the ballpark either Wednesday or Thursday. I can't confirm um, which day that will be at this point in time, but it will be one of the two. Um, So we will be going rowdy. Hopefully we can um, either see (laughs) that tonight's game is a win, and if it is tomorrow's game, we're heading in with some momentum. If not, we can take the first two of the set and head into Thursday's game of the Bieber-Cueto matchup. Um, Cueto is returning from an illness. He did miss his last start. Um, of course, it has to be against Shane Bieber, you know, the kind of the ace of this Cleveland rotation for the last few years. Um, but here's where it sits. This is a situation, like I said, 15 games left. ESPN's got him at a 12.7% of chance of making the playoffs. <laughs> oh, my God. Not great. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> Not but, you know, that that is on the backs of, of Cleveland taking four out of five from Minnesota, mm-hmm. being able to stand ground. They've been one of the hotter teams in baseball of the last um, pretty much of the month of September, um, just being very consistent. And that's they're doing what the team needed to do to win this division. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully that changes with the 15 games left and with the Sox coming to bully them. Um, hopefully things can change. And, and we'll see that the Cleveland Guardians kind of fall flat here to finish the season as, as the White Sox look to continue. Um, on the Tony La Russa front, things are still pretty questionable on whether or not Tony is going to make his return back to the dugout this year. Um, no, people don't do, do feel it. Through, two, <laughs> people do feel throughout the organization that Miguel Cairo has um, done what he has needed to do to kind of gain the respect and, and the job for the rest of the season. Uh, if that means... Uh, if this team is able to make the postseason, uh, will that mean he takes the the helm for game one? Um, if that does happen, we'll see. But I do think Miguel will finish out this season in charge. I think he's been great. They've, they've mm-hmm. lost, I think, maybe five games since he's taken over at the end of August. Uh, and, and they've won a hell of a lot more. Funny enough, I do think the Cubs and Sox actually did have a pretty similar 
record for the second half of baseball uh, in the last oh, week really? or so. So I do, I do think uh, I saw that stat at one point. But like interesting, I said, interesting. Series of the series of the year. Tune in all night games. I believe seven ten start at the rate tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I've got some stuff I got to do uh, as that game kicks off. But I'll be racing home to watch the final innings and keeping a close track on that score. Um, as it's kind of one of the only uh, divisions that hasn't wrapped up besides the ML, uh, NL East yeah. uh, for being close. You know, it should be interesting to see who's able to take the AL Central crown. Hopefully, it's not the the Guardians, and hopefully, it is our, our White Sox. But right now, like I said. 12.7% chance. Expectations are still... <clears throat> we'll see, but uh, you know, if you take three from this team, you're one game back. You're, you're close. begging on Cleveland to hopefully lose one more game from there. If Chicago can take uh, take advantage of that, win potentially a few in a row, if you can go mm-hmm. four in a row and Cleveland comes out of this series cold, uh, I like where we're looking, I like where we're sitting, and I think it'll be a really fun race uh, to the end of the season. Yeah, and I'm seeing, I'm looking at the Guardians' schedule after the Sox. It's not, it's 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 pretty easy. You know, they got the Rangers a three game set after that. Then they have the Ray, the Rays for a three game set. So that one might be a little bit more difficult for them. Then the Royals a one, two, three, four, five, a six game set with the Royals. The Royals are not good this year, at least from what I'm seeing here on the schedule. They got six games to end the season with the Royals. I think. If you guys can take it minimum two, three, and like you said, you guys are down a game, game and a half or whatever, the Sox schedule, the Sox remaining schedule does not look bad either. I mean, they have uh, the Tigers, a three-game set, then they have a three-game set against the Twins. Really, the only one you guys really got to have to worry about is the Padres, a three-game set after the Twins, and then you guys end with the Twins. So I don't think it's impossible, man. I Two out of three against the Guardians, and then a pretty decent schedule you know, remaining. It's. I think it's. I think it's going to be. I think it's really going to come down to that. Like these series after this series. You know what I mean? <coughs> Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, we'll see. You know, the White Sox do finish the year with Minnesota. I think they've got at least another four game, if not a three game set um, mm-hmm. left with them. They do face San Diego at some point. So with with Cleveland facing Tampa, Chicago faces. San Diego, those are kind of the last two big tough tests for these two teams as, as they close yeah. out the season. Um, I hope to see a closer race. I, if this race ends up, then they do lose by by a game and a, a game or a game and a half. I can take it. And the reason yeah. I can take it is because this team yeah. hasn't performed like a division champ. So uh, in that sense, I think White Sox fans will not be as frustrated as they have been in years past. It's still doesn't change the fact this has probably been the most frustrating and disappointing season as a White Sox fan and is in a long time easily uh, but like expectations were set so long ago when this team was so mediocre throughout this season <laughs> and that's one thing they've been consistent at and that's been uh, just being at 500 so uh, if they do end up losing this series and and they're if they lose a series I think you can kind of wrap this series up um, yes, yeah. 15 games. Mathematically, it won't be over um, really till the final week of baseball, but uh, it's a tough margin to overcome. You really can't fall five back in the loss column like they did last week at some point, and you got to keep it. You just got to keep chipping away at that game's, uh, game's back number. I don't – I really – I think for the Sox' sake and for your sake, I really don't think TLR should come back. 
I think he should oh, remain. I, I, absolutely. Yeah. He should remain in bed <laughs> for as as long as the postseason is, as long as the rest of this regular season and the postseason, because Cairo has just been really just been really great for you guys. Obviously, five games over five hundred or whatever it is now. Uh, it's just I don't know. That's just my opinion on it. It should be that way. Um, but uh, anything else on the Sox other than hopes and prayers for them right now? <laughs> series of the year. Series of the year. Series of the year. Let's go, everybody. Everybody give it up for the Sox against the Guardians. All right, let's move on to four stars of the week. Very baseball, football heavy, obviously. Um, Did you start last time or did I start last time? Can't remember. I think maybe I started last time. I think you did. I think you did. Okay. Do you want me to lead it off? Yeah, I want you to lead it off. Kick it off. Four stars of the week. All right. We're going to change it up a little bit. I know we talked about mostly coaches players, but we're, we're going to pick a fan base. We're going to pick the Bears fan base because uh, they they, are, they get a star because they they have lived with Aaron Rodgers. I think his record's like 22-3. and three. Yeah. Um, They then had to witness, of course, Justin Fields' comments in the media post-game talking about how mm-hmm. Bears fans aren't out on the field. They don't feel the pain like we do because we're playing the game. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, when... when you, when you have dedicated fans such as Rick, such as myself, such as pretty much the city of Chicago who watch these guys read and, uh, and you know, they just watch and read and, and, and assume or consume Bears football, uh, each loss is, is painful, and especially when it's mm-hmm. versus the Packers. Um, so uh, my, my support star is going out to Chicago Bears fans this week as, uh, as they're probably <coughs> reeling for some questionable comments from their quarterback and a questionable performance on Sunday Night Football, as we talked about in Bears Breakdown. That would be star numero uno. Um, I like it. Two. Oh, wait, let me, I want to comment on that real quick. I I saw, because I had no idea. Like, I saw the notes that you you'd put his, like, comments down, and I was like, what comments? You know, I, it's weird that I didn't hear about it. Um, but I looked up the Twitter video, and I was like, wow. That was, that was pure frustration from... <laughs> Justin Field. I I will say he was definitely not the right thing to say. That was the dumbest probably thing to say right there. You know, like you like like you said, an organ a Bears or I'm sorry a fan uh, a, a fan base that has gone through as much shit as the Bears fans have, and especially against Aaron Rodgers, even before him, Brett Favre. Um, the the amount of shit we've gone through over those last twenty plus years is ridiculous. And to kind of say that, man, this is it almost seems like this will this will be something that you know, closer to the end of the season, we're going to look back on it and be like, this is kind of where Justin Fields maybe lost, lost his job or lost the fans or something. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is one Absolutely. of those benchmarks, like game two, you know, post, post game conference in game for the, for week two. And this is what he says, you know, like, could, could he have, could he have said something a little bit more, I guess, uh, well put, yeah, absolutely. But that was that was rough to hear. Although I know it comes from a, a place of frustration because, again, if you saw what you know my my reviews of the quarters during the Bears game, it was pure frustration for me. Yeah, no, and it's you know I think if he was the quarterback for the last six seven years and it has been as talented as he is he can oh, be, yeah. and they just can't beat Green Bay, then maybe mm-hmm. I'll accept this comment, but. The fact is, the guy's only played Green Bay three times. He's only been in the league a year and a half, or a year and mm-hmm. two games, correction. Mm-hmm. So it, it just hasn't been part of this rivalry enough. And yeah. fortunately enough, I think the players won't have to watch the broadcasted 
recording of this game. They'll watch the footage from, you know, obviously NFL um, and team-oriented cameras. And so they won't see all the stats and all the bullshit that uh, Sunday Night Football had to bring up in terms of this rivalry. Because in the last, <laughs> yeah. you know, decade and a half, two decades, basically our lifetime, uh, it, it has not been a competition. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I don't know. I, I get where you're saying you're playing the game. I understand you're taking the hits, yeah. uh, but for you know, as as I saw in some video, you know, it's funny. As a girlfriend was uh, um, asking the guy, you know, why are you dressed up? Why are you crying? And he's like, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. she's like, I don't, I don't cry. You don't, you don't <laughs> cry for me. And he's like, well, you know, I've known you two months. This has been my team twenty two years. Like, you know, like, get the heck out. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's oh, it, that's what this is. That's what's part of being a, a fan. And um, so you know, I, I get what, what you're saying, is. Justin. But I don't love the comment. I don't think Bears fans will love the comment. And if he gets a few boos on uh, on Sunday, I wouldn't be shocked by it. Same. Me neither. Um, yeah, yeah. No, same thing. Same thing for sure. Uh. Moving on to second star of the week. Second star of the week, and no, this doesn't mean Elvis. You are under the Bears fan <laughs> organization or Bears fan base. But Elvis mm-hmm. Andrews. Yes, yep. Elvis. Best name on the team. Since joining the White Sox in either late August, early September, this dude's been a goat with his bat, with his glove. He's been playing shortstop, filling in mm-hmm. since Tim Anderson got hurt. Um, and he's hit a month average of 351 with five homers. 15 driven in, two doubles, 26 hits in 74 plate appearances. The guys played pretty much every day, um, I think with maybe minus a game or two of rest. So it's been consistency throughout the lineup. He's driven in runs that have been important in bottom late inning situations. (coughs) So um, the guy's done it all since joining the White Sox and and kind of leaving um, Oakland. He did tear up his former team, Oakland, in that four-game set um, pretty good. I think he had a few home runs when they visited the Coliseum, so I think there was a little bit of a revenge there for Elvis in that sense, and and hopefully he can continue it um, throughout the season. Should be interesting to see what happens with with Elvis, Josh Harrison, and Tim Anderson when that comes back with Mm -hmm. Maury Garcia in that mix. Um, That's kind of four guys that um, generally play the two spots. Yes, Garcia will be more desirable because he's kind of played in all spots. I think Elvis and Josh Harrison have both great gloves. Uh, Josh Harrison has been great for this team and has been a great energy in the locker room. Uh, but I think Elvis's bat's been a little bit more consistent, so I'm a little worried that Josh Harrison could be the odd man guy out at come um, Tim Anderson's return. I do think the rosters mm-hmm. do um, expand since we've hit the September mark, so maybe they won't have to uh, make a move on that front. But hopefully uh, Elvis does finish out the year and then gets a chance to play with this team in the postseason. Yeah. Honestly, guy that kind of just burst onto the, the Sox team and did, has been doing really well. Now, I remember kind of looking back and being like, they signed Elvis Andrews, and I was like, oh, it's just kind of just, you know, like a, it's going to be a mediocre signing. Maybe he'll do well. Maybe, you know, I thought he was just going to be in that middle, but he's done really well for you guys in, in Tim Anderson's uh, absence. And, you know, good for him. He's kind of keeping you guys in games, too, doing, you know, doing it all, like you said. So you said Josh Harrison might be the guy out, though, once uh, TA returns. We'll see. We'll see. I, you know, it's going to be who's kind of helping the club at this point now. And I think mm-hmm. performance-wise, you know, he had a great July um, and a pretty good June. Uh, but I think in in a very good early August. But I think since the end of August and in September, it's tailed off. You've seen he hasn't been playing as much. 
but when yeah. he is playing, I think Elvis and him have a good connection. Uh, Tim Anderson and, and he did have a good connection between that shortstop second base um, in terms of turning and, and trusting each other throughout that middle of the infield. Um, should be interesting enough to see. I do think, in terms of performance-wise, I would cut Lurori, uh, but because they gave him a three-year <laughs> contract in the offseason, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, so I just I, I see Josh Harrison being the odd man out at least um, before Elvis. And if if it's going to come down to it, it's going to be either Elvis or Josh Harrison who gets cut. Um, mm-hmm. Two guys that I do see being picked up potentially by teams if if they do need some infield help. I mean, you got to ride the hot hand with Elvis Andrews there, so can't blame him. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's go on to my two stars of the week. Number three for this week, keep it football again, keep it Bears. David Montgomery, absolute beast of a running back, 15 carries, 122 yards, had two receptions tied for the most in that game, so that just goes to you know tell you about the offense. Uh, two receptions for 14 yards, bulldozed his way to every yard he could in that Sunday night football game. He should have gotten that touchdown, you know, at that fourth and inches, fourth, you know, at the goal line, he probably should have gotten it because he probably would have made his way in there no matter what, um, like he had been the entire fucking game. But instead of a touchdown, he gets a star of the week on Big League Chicago, so hopefully that makes up for something. Monty, we love you. You've been you've done nothing but great things since you've come to the Bears. Um and I don't know if this is his last year or maybe he's got another year, but I hope they keep him on, man. I mean, Khalil Herbert's looking good, and even uh, um, the one guy they picked up uh, in the draft, the Poles draft, that looks good too. But, you know, David Montgomery is just just a workhorse, and he did really well under the lights in Sunday Night Football. So third star of the week goes to him. <clears throat> Mati, 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 like we talked about in Bears Breakdown, I think he was a little bit of a – a ghost week one. Glad to see mm-hmm. he still exists. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's strong as ever. And, you know, for those fantasy owners that did have Montgomery, I think he's really the only monk, um, weapon in this uh, Bears offense that's worth keeping on uh, fantasy rosters at this point. Yep. Um, hopefully yep. Mooney comes back and, and does prove why he, in some cases, was a fourth or fifth round pick for some of you draft owners. Um but uh, David Montgomery, definitely a solid running back. Loved the pick ever since he came out of ISU. Um, mm-hmm. And, and love when he is able to, to break the 100 mark in, uh, in a game. And, and I love the pick. Yeah. Love it. Um, and then for the fourth and final star of the week for this week, I'm going to go with the Cubs pitcher Hayden Wisniewski. Seven innings pitch, Warner and run, three hits and seven strikeouts in his first, I believe his first start against the Rockies in that game too that I was talking about earlier. Um, so, you know, great first uh, start. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, they lost the game because uh, Adbert Alzale came in in the eighth. I mean, he struck out the side in the eighth, but then he ran into some trouble in the ninth. But, you know, was Nesky the guy they picked up in a trade with, with the Yankees for Scott Efrost? <clears throat> um just in 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 fifteen and two thirds innings pitch so far with the Cubs, he's got a two thirty ERA and honestly a guy that is probably going to be looked at next year to be maybe the fourth fifth starter. Um, I feel like the Cubs have just like a ridiculous amount of you know possible starters for next year. I think Wisniewski should definitely be a guy that that gets looked at uh, for next year's uh, opening day rotation, but we'll see. Um, but he just did really well in, in three appearances total, I think, and with his one start so far with the Cubs. Great trade. 
Scotty Frost was doing really well, but he was a reliever. We needed young pitching. We got we got uh, Wozneski. I think he's only 24 years old, so he's gonna be he's gonna be doing his thing for the Cubs here and in the future. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be the four stars of the week. Brought to you by Old Style. Hopefully one day. Um, <laughs> uh, still trying to work that. <laughs> If, if anyone um, hasn't learned from three up, three down, and from now Big League <laughs> Chicago, we are resilient. We will fight for these sponsorships. Icy God hot, right. old style. Reach us, hot, hit our lines. <laughs> We're happy to place your guys' beautiful logos on our podcasts and Absolutely. all over our social feeds and everything. Uh, just give us the go, and, and if if we do it, we don't want to be sued. So, um, <laughs> you know, it'd be nice if we could get your sponsorships. But I love it, love it. And I love four stars of the week. Uh, brought to you by Old Style. Yeah, see, so right? It just it just sounds good. Um, it sounds it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it sounds really good. <laughs> um, I was I was looking at old style. I was looking at their Instagram page. I'm like, yeah, I might send them a message or might send them a video of this. And then I I, I went I scrolled their Instagram page and they have something that's called a Chicago handshake, which is an old style and a shot of uh, what is that? What's that disgusting drink that Chicago loves to take shots of? Malort. Malort, yeah. It's one of those in a shot of Malort. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I could do the old style. That's fine. But I don't know if I could do the Chicago handshake. Um, but yeah, that was the show today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Sorry, all of basically everybody who listens in anybody who's a Chicago fan for the Bears. I just want to apologize on their behalf. Um, but we still love them. <laughs> and uh, if you want to see, listen to this podcast and the other podcasts, go to crackwoodmedia.com. Uh, check out the blogs as well. Going to be blogging a little bit more about the Bears this year um, on my side. And then if you want to check us out, see our beautiful faces and listen to this podcast as well, go on YouTube, search Crackwood Media. You'll see all our pods out there, all our shorts, all the good content, long form, short form, whatever. Check us out on uh Instagram at Crackwood Media, where you could see me absolutely lose my shit whenever there's a Bears game. You could just see my range of emotions on there. Um, so go to Crackwood Media on Instagram, and you can check out our reels on there as well. On Twitter, you could find me at and now Rick again, another place where you where I just spill my guts out for the Bears and coming up soon for the Bulls too. Um, <laughs> and then you could find Jack at Siffy Man. Just like literally just looking at my shit and being like, my God, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> a little more laid back. Uh, we'll, we'll get a little yeah. more active as, uh, as the winter season gets a little bit closer. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I, I, go check out Only Football. Go check out Three Up, Three Down. Love the support. Big episode number that I don't think Ricky <laughs> touched on today. But today True. is episode 50. number. So Five big zero. number. Big uh um, halfway to the century mark. Hopefully, we'll get to 100 here soon. And I mm-hmm. uh, love joining Rick as we keep hitting these milestones. One year last week, 50 episodes this week. Love it. Let's keep it going. Um, appreciate Son of a Wookiee at Matt. Love the support you've yes. been giving the podcast and the, the family. Uh, so we appreciate that. If, uh, um, if you want to come on and talk about your angels, we'd love to have you on for 3 Up, 3 Down. Otherwise, um, Keep interacting with us via Twitter. We'll be active on there. All the guys respond. Um, but mm-hmm. always a pleasure. Hope all is well. Our boys in Alaska, by the way. So Bears fan <laughs> in the ice, in the coldest, surviving in the coldest. He's probably weather. secluded, but he's doing it. 
and he's doing everything from Alaska. So big ups for Rick. Thank you for everything you've done for Three Up and for uh, Crack One Media, and, and look forward to keep doing, doing doing this with you for a long time. Absolutely, man. I'm 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 mobile. I'm always mobile. I'm always keeping that. I'm always keeping this thing on me. Um, but <laughs> great episode, man. And I will see you next week. See you. Women plus size, no lie. That why I stress my on your butt thighs. That's fine by me. She cooks whenever I slide. Pasta burger, French fry. Sometimes I don't even eat. She fuck with my verses, my fluffy. She sweats, she let me eye. Kiss on her tummy, my tummy XL and fit her perfect. Won't catch me lurking at all. My Richard once I spit saw. Since so proud and so tall, those cheeks around of applause over and over and over again. So my homie and my parents, we were only just friends at first. Couldn't let my secret out then It's getting deeper now But I don't care what others think about me Came out of depression Had to pick up the penny Get skinny nigga Thick wallet Chubby chasing them Benjamins now Tribe got all day to change the name So we winning again Sound partial Hey Welcome to the halftime show I love to leave a nigga Flatline Yeah I know Niggas quick to lose cool And frown down on something new That they ain't used to Like nigga who's you Welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose school and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Them all these little screw niggas. They, niggas, they, niggas, they.